Put down Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime. It's Insercredit Gaiden time. This is Insercredit Gaiden, an avenue on your Insercredit main street. To cap off this season of side stories, we have Brandon Sheffield sitting down in a noisy restaurant with John Linneman, friend of the show and retro specialist over at Digital Foundry. Here's Brandon with more. As usual, during my trips to Japan, I bought a lot of games. Another person who bought a lot of games in Japan is John Linneman, and we conspired to have a show and tell while we were both still there. So we met up in Koenji at the Saizaria. If you're not familiar, Saizaria is a family diner with passable but incredibly cheap food and an all-you-can-drink non-alcoholic drink bar. They've caught on to the idea that mixing the drinks is a fun activity and even suggested some mocktails you could make, all of which we tried during our session. John was skeptical that this would be a good place to record. It was full of screaming kids with exasperated parents, teens saying yabai and datesa, every other word, and a bunch of extremely tough-looking people who didn't say anything. But Caesarea is the perfect place for just this reason. It has that bizarre energy of being the only place open after 9pm that doesn't serve alcohol, which is perfect for a ridiculous effort like a discussion of video game obscurities. It also happens to recall episode 109, in which Tim and I did this very same thing in a Caesarea across town. There are some flubs as a result of the venue. I do have to talk to the waitress in the middle as she informs us that we can pay our check anytime we want. Um, Hint, hint, and we do eventually get kicked out. Kicked out is maybe a strong word to say uh, when it's just the restaurant closed down, but it's a lot more fun to say it that way. Also, please forgive us for our errors when talking about some of these games. We were excited and going in blind on some pretty deep cuts because we had no idea what the other person was going to share. I might have possibly oversold Tokyo Insect Zoo. I may have called Panzer Bandit a run and gun because I always confuse it with Gunner's Heaven for some reason, which I can't really explain, but it's actually a brawler like Mad Stalker. I also later learned that the Space Channel 5 disc that I wind up talking about that I was confused about in there was a mill CD. Mill CDs were an attempt by Sega to add multimedia content to compact discs, which the Dreamcast could then read. But there was no industry support, so only a few got made. This particular one comes with a couple music videos of somewhat higher than VCD quality. The Dreamcast's support of mill CDs is part of what led folks to figure out how to run games on CDRs, incidentally. And they actually patched it out of later Dreamcasts. In all, I hope this gives you a bit of that festive feeling of discovering new treasures. It's incredibly rare to be able to have a conversation about such specific stuff and have the other party actually know what you're talking about, so we had a lot of fun with this. If you enjoyed this format, we might do another one, so let us know what you think. Enjoy. Hello. We're here in Saizeria in Koenji. It's me and John Lineman is here as well. That's right. I am uh, here in Japan with you yes. for the first time. And we decided that we were going to talk about our various purchases that we made during the trip. And uh, this is a good place to do it because... Tim and I actually did something like this in a size area, like, right before the podcast ended the first time, and so it feels appropriate to to resume doing this here. It's, Indeed. Yeah. It's loud, there's lots of children screaming, and that's the, that's the correct atmosphere for this kind of stuff. So, do you want to say anything about yourself before oh, we yeah. start? Just in case, uh, I am John Lundman, uh from Digital Foundry. So we are a YouTube channel that does technical analysis of video games, and I often focus on retro via DF Retro. Give it a look. <laughs> he does good stuff. He's a friend of the show. He's been on the show before. You probably already knew who he was. Um, 
My, I, I love the Saturn videos, but you know, you know that already. That's my thing. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Uh, cool. So you can share. Let's let's see what you got first. All right, I'm gonna start with my first pick, and uh, it's this. Uh, Akira Psycho Ball for the PS2. That's a that's a pinball game. It is. It's only one table, right? That is right. Yeah. So. And is it based on a real table? I actually wasn't. I sure. don't think so. So here's the thing. This is made by a company called Kaze, and they were well known for making uh, their digital pinball series on the Sega Saturn. Right. And they did some awesome stuff. So did there. they do Necronomicon? They did Necronomicon. With that amazing soundtrack. Precisely. So they did those two games on Saturn. Then they actually did Power Rangers Pinball on PlayStation 1. Oh, yeah? And here's the thing. It's actually called Power Rangers in Japan as well. So it's well, Allow oh, me to uh -oh. show you what? a purchase that I made. Oh, my God. It's Power Rangers yeah. Pinball for the PS1. <laughs> Let's just combine these two, then. We've got yeah. Power Rangers Pinball, we've got Akita Psycho Ball. So... You know, these games are, like, they create this awesome mood of playing virtual pinball where they kind of present the, the full table, right? Yeah. But they're nice and high res and just, like, they feel great. Yeah, they have this kind of, like, I guess, like, maybe they are pre-rendered CG or yeah, something because yeah, yeah. they have this interesting vibe to them. It's like you're playing, it's probably what playing pinball is like in uh, the Resident Evil mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I've always been a fan of digital pinball, and one of these days I would love to do a DF Retro on just, like, the history of digital pinball and kind of walk through those areas, because I think there's a lot of cool stuff, a lot of different paths that we're taking yeah. in that. I mean, my favorite path in that zone is the uh, fictional, like, extra adventure-y yes. pinball stuff, like Fantastic Pinball Flipnik. and uh, Flipnik. I would also say stuff like Devil Crash. De Devil, Devil's Crash, Alien Crash uh, is what I was trying to think of. Um, Jack Crash. I even like... Oh, uh, the Metroid Pinball is really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon Pinball is good. I even like... Kirby. Friggin' stupid uh, Pinball Quest, even though it sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it sucks, but conceptually it's awesome. Yeah, and that's all that matters to me. Exactly. So... That kind of clears the first two games, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't you go ahead and pick one of yours that's not uh, pinball-related? Okay. Let's see if I even can. Okay, here's one. Ah, uh, yes. Bought it for cheap. So it's... this is this is Destruction Derby on the Saturn. So the, oh, yeah. the Saturn version of Destruction Derby is a Japan exclusive. It's also terrible. It's also I, terrible. I also own it. Yeah, I just had to... It's one of those things where, like, so I, I made a recent decision, which this does not support, <laughs> which is that I was going to stop buying things because they were just interesting or just historically curious or whatever, because then you wind up with too much, way too much stuff, yes. which I have. And so I'm, it was buying things like this that made me decide, okay, I don't need, I should stop doing this, because I... This is my use case for getting a mister. I can get a mister, and then I can play all the weird... I mean, I know Saturn isn't perfect yet. No, but, no, no. But, um, like, I have a bunch of PS1 games that I did not include in my list here that uh, I, I didn't need to buy these. <laughs> I didn't yeah, need to buy no, them. I get you, but I still think things like this... For me personally, I do love to buy these sorts of interesting releases. Oh, First of all, because I can use them in videos. Yeah. But I just enjoy this stuff. And Destruction Derby is especially interesting because it's a Psygnosis game, right? Yeah. 
Uh, well, I guess it was actually reflections developed, but you know, a Cygnosis thing, whatever. But uh, this was after the acquisition by Sony, right? And they released Destruction Derby, some Wipeout games, 3D Lemmings. Yeah. Um, I think a Crazy Yvonne as well is even on there, and they all run like at 20 frames per second. Yeah. And they look worse. Yeah. But gosh darn it, they're on the Saturn. It's enough for me. <laughs> all right. I've got another one for you. I'm sure you've uh, played this. I am a huge fan of it. It's super weird. It's Pulirula. Pulirula is great. Uh, you got the the arcade gears version. Yes, for um, the Sega Saturn. For the Saturn. Which is the better version? Yes. Of the uh, two. I like it. It's 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 weird and interestingly, my partner really liked it. Um, oh, really? Because she, for some reason, was attracted to the bizarre graphical style. Um, that's what makes it so interesting, right? They're taking conflicting art styles, I would say, and combining it into this weird sort of, like, somewhat simplistic brawler. Mm-hmm. But you're just moving through these strange worlds, and you never know what's happening next. You kind of imagine, like, traditional Pixar art graphics combined with, say, like, a large digitized woman. Yeah in the scene you're just like what is this or the guy that's like on the flagpole like flapping around like mm-hmm. that like it just keeps you on your toes and you love it it's great and yeah it's it's a uh, it's you know it's it's a solid game if you like stuff that's easy and uncomplicated which frankly I yes. do <laughs> it's a it's a great pick up and play game and it's one that I love to share with friends right it's a two player kind of experience where you could like or just like bring somebody in to play this game and they don't know, they have no idea what it is. And yeah. it's like, please, play this game. And they always walk away just, like, in a daze. Like, what did I just experience? Yeah, uh, it's it's nice when a game can give you any kind of feeling, and this one gives you one that you can't fully understand. And, yeah. that's, and that's one of the coolest. And, you know, it's a, that was Taito's MO back then, I feel. Like, For sure. To provide unique experiences that were memorable. And uh, so yesterday I learned this kind of, this expression called Sudume Game that Japanese apparently some developers like to say where it's like you know Sudume like uh, the octopus mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's like it's chewy and difficult to enjoy initially but the more you kind of crunch on it the taste becomes to come through and you begin to understand better like what makes this special that's fine and I think Taito has a lot of games like this where you initially pick them up and they're just kind of like yeah, this is interesting, but you're not really necessarily get it right away. But the yeah. more you play it, the more you come back to it, it grows on you. And I feel that way about a lot of Taito games. Oh, me too. Something I learned from a Taito developer was that at a certain time, it didn't really matter what the content of your game was as long as it hit certain pitch points. Yes. And so they were... People, the reason they were making just all this wild stuff that was just like off the wall and and just where did it even come from is because they were trying to hit these certain somewhat arbitrary points that were not related to gameplay or business plans or trends or anything. It was just like, you know, it, it, it was more like uh, 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 the moon is in Taurus kind of, uh, kind of metrics to, to use, which... What worked great. For it absolutely like, it did. Totally Especially worked. for these arcade games. You yeah. just walk into a, to an arcade, you see it on the floor, and you're like, you're drawn to it. Mm-hmm. It has an energy. I love that stuff. But uh, let's move on to the next game. All right, here's my next one. 
I've been looking for it for oh, a while. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. This freak. Oh, you it, got that one too? No, but I want. So it's Panzer Bandit. It's Panzer right? Bandit. I saw this today at Friends. Yeah, too much there. It was way how too much. How much was it at Friends again? It was like. It was like 28,000. 28,000? Something, something like that. I was just like. You know how much this one was? How much? 15. You so, Okay, well, yep. you know, you you did it. That that is a so that this, is a deal. This is why I went out to Skiage. Yeah. Out in Saitama to go to the studio guy out there because that's what the prices were out there. They Gosh. were they were like basically half of Occupy. I saw you posting these things yeah. and I was very tempted to do that, but as you said it's pretty far it's and you far. need the time yeah. to actually get out there. But man. Yep. I will. So, I will say though, even with the rather nasty prices that you find in like Akiba and other places, although they get a little bit better outside of there, the exchange rate right now is so in our favor. It like, is. The buying power is ridiculous. I saw them. I mean, basically, I was looking at things <laughs> and realizing that they were cheaper on eBay, even after the exchange rate. Uh, uh, so I, I'm familiar enough with the prices on the stuff I bought that I mostly avoided that, except for one, yeah. which I'll explain. Okay. But uh, well, yes, sometimes I know it's just mean. like you see it and it's like, uh, I'm it feels like get they, it now. It feels like they're accounting for that yeah. in many cases. But yes, Akiba prices in general are pretty bad right now. So Panzer Bandit is. Oh, yeah, a, we didn't talk about the game. No, we didn't talk about the games. Cool, cool run and gun type thing. Um, I forget if it's fill in cafe or not. Um, oh, I don't remember. I forget who develops it. Uh, it really stands out for its. Uh, it's one of the games that uses really nice 2D sprite work with uh, 3D backgrounds. Yeah, and uh, nice explosions and effects and stuff. It's just one of those games where you see it and you're like, "Oh, I'll play that." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? It's it's it's, it's a very crunchy. it's a very insert credit kind of game. It's also uh, it, very imperfect, which which uh, also fills the insert credit brief. So. Indeed. All right, let's let's get one of yours. Going. All right, let's get another one in here. Uh, bring this back up now. Oh, we're gonna move into slightly less exciting territory for yes. a moment here, sort of, because it was super cheap, and I'm collecting these. It's it's Gun Survivor Three Dino Crisis. Man, I keep thinking about how I want this, but I don't have a PS2 gun. Um, I need to get like a Gun Con Two or whatever. I have a Gun Con Two. And I almost bought one here because it was 800 yen. Oh my goodness. Uh, but it's, it, wor it's so worth it. But it was in the junk bin, uh, and I knew I was going to have to take it through customs. Right. And I, you know, like, they, if they if they thought it was, like, an airsoft gun, I would get in trouble. Uh, this has happened before uh, my good friend Audie Surly, who sometimes uh, is on Digital Foundry as well. Mm -hmm. He attempted to bring a, a Philips CDI light gun from Norway to Germany. And the security was not fond of that because it looks yeah. like a revolver. Right. It's I think it's blue. Yeah. But they they were confused and when he tried to explain what it was, they're, they're like, like, what is the Philips CDI? Yeah. And they basically took it from him. Wow. So, Wait, in in Holland? Yeah, in Norway. Oh in Norway, okay. So well actually he flew, I think, from Norway into No, I guess maybe it was just in Norway. Either way, he they kept it. He was able to get it back when he went back home, but he was not allowed to bring it to the plane. I see. Which is a bummer. Yeah. But anyway, Gun Survivor 3, Dino Crisis. I uh, mean, Dino Crisis is great and super underrated, so... 
Yeah, it definitely does not suck. It is a great game. Yeah. Uh, Survive or Gun Survivor Three though. This whole Gun Survivor series, it's very strange, right? Uh, yeah. Where it's like, hey, what if we do Resident Evil but like guns, right? Yeah. Sometimes it works though. Like mm-hmm. I think the fourth one, Gun Survivor Four, the one on the boat. That, I never played it. So the way that works. Uh, and I guess we're getting off this though. That's like lame. You have a D-pad on the back of the gun con too, right? Right. So you actually control your character with the D-pad. Yeah. D-pad. You're running around in a third-person view, kind of like Resident Evil 4, but then you pull the trigger to enter gun mode, and the camera zooms into first person, and now it's a light gun. Yeah, yeah. Game, right. So like, it's a normal 3D action game that turns into a light gun shooter whenever you engage in combat, and be, and you can still move with the D-pad even in first person. Right. So it's like a real like attempt to evolve the light gun shooter. Yeah, it's 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 basically a Wii game at that point. It is before the Wii, I suppose, or around the same time. Around the same but time, yeah. Gun yeah. Survivor Three is not quite that, but it is still fully 3D, and it's better than the second one, which was the Code Veronica adaptation, right? With Namco involved, and yeah. it's completely terrible. Yeah, and uh, this has that lovely Shinkiro art as well, which I love, and he also did, I think, art for. Um, PsyOps. You oh, see yeah. that? The, the, the American developed Midway game, PsyOps, I believe he did the Japanese cover for uh, it. Did Capcom publish it I here? I don't remember. They might have. Pat, I, needed, I think Capcom published it. Yeah. yeah uh, so, and it's funny because people like me who are old uh, think of Shinkiro primarily as an SNK dev. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's been with Capcom like two or three times as yeah. long as he was at... It is Capcom. Yeah. That's the art. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, it's very That's good. That's great, right? It's, it's good art. <laughs> very good art. All right, but uh, let's move on to the next one. Okay, next one is uh, is two, oh because I got Namco Anthology 1 and 2. I have so much to say about these. So these. they're really interesting... Um, they have a bunch of games on them, and the reason that they're more interesting than the Namco Museum yeah. titles is because each game has a remake. That's uh, right. And so we got uh, Star Luster, Babel, Wrestleball on one, uh, Valkyrie Densetsu, Densetsu yeah. which is the one I really wanted. See, that? that's the one. That's the best one right there. Yeah, it's the amazing. Yeah. They completely redid all the graphics. Super, super good. detailed. Pixel art now. And it's just... Uh, this and is WrestleBall in 3D on the first one? I think it is. I think I, it I is now as well. But you're right. So this collection sort of assembles not so much like their typical arcade games, but like games that they released on other formats. And yeah. It kind of refreshes them in an interesting way. And weirdly enough, I feel like not much was... I guess in the West especially, nobody really talked about these. They didn't come out in the West. It's right. Japan only. Yeah. But I only found out about them like two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, these are... I only found out about them when I was building my complete Namco collection. Which well, there you go. I've, I determined that I must have every single Japanese developed or Japanese version of every Namco game for PS1 and PS2. Oh, wow. And I'm almost there. That's a very serious these undertaking. Are, these are part of them. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, speaking of friends in Akihabara, so I wound up buying uh, Namco Anthology 2 for about 5,800 yen, which was fine. Because um, it, it's way more expensive yeah, elsewhere. It's but expensive. I, I was going back through my photos and saw that I took a picture of at Friends of Namco Anthology 2 for the same price, but with the Obi, and this one doesn't have it. And, oh. and theirs was actually in better in better shape, so I should have should have bought it there. Uh, but you know, hindsight, Whatever. hindsight, hindsight and all. 2020. Okay. 
That's pretty good, though. Those, those are excellent. All right, my turn. Lethal Enforcers. Yeah, speaking of light Deluxe guns. Pack. So, I don't know if people remember this, but yeah, there was the gun con for the PlayStation, right? That was yeah. the preferred light gun. Yeah. But Konami also released the a light gun. The Enforcer was also there. It was called... Oh, wait, there's was... The Hyper Blaster. Right, because the, Enfor- the Enforcer was on the... Uh, You're Genesis. almost right. So yeah. basically what it is is, in Japan and Europe, the Hyper Blaster exists. In America, I believe, there's a green version called the Enforcer. Yeah, yeah. But it has the same name, but it's a different... Or I think uh, it was blue, but, well... I think it's... No, on the, the, Gen- the Genesis, Genesis one, is one is blue. Yeah, okay. The PlayStation one is green. Got it's it. like neon green. Uh, but anyway... Lethal Enforcers was obviously huge during the Genesis Super NES era, right? Yeah. And it's a pretty fun light gun game, I mm-hmm. think. Like, you know, it has its flaws, but it's just like pre-Time Crisis, pre-Virtua Cop, right? Yeah. Still 2D. It's yeah. not Mad Dog McCree with the video stuff. It's actual, like, real levels and, like, sprite work. Mm-hmm. But those consoles could never do it justice. So Konami, with their deluxe pack line, which they did for many other games, like mm-hmm. Gradius, for instance... Uh, they released Lethal Enforces 1 and 2 for PlayStation in basically arcade perfect or close to it. Mm-hmm. I need to refresh my memory by playing it again to see for sure, but uh, it's just another game that you can enjoy with the Hyper Blaster because I had been recently playing another underappreciated gem, Henry Explorers. Henry Explorers, a.k.a. what's it, a.k.a.? Crypt Killer. Crypt Killer. Which, you know, people don't seem to like that game, but I, like I think it. it is fantastic. It's got, mul- it's got branching paths, multiple endings. I mean, what it's do you want? And it's called Henry Explorers. Henry Explorers. <laughs> fantastic game. <laughs> but people don't like it? What's wrong with them? Exactly. So that was another pickup I got. That's pretty... That's a hot one. Okay, here's here's a very quick one. Uh, it's Vibribbon. I already owned Vibribbon, but I, I, for whatever reason, I only had it disc only. Oh. And I knew I was going to go meet Masaya Matsura and hang out with him for a bit. And so I saw this and I was like, you know, I should have it complete. And that's it. So I'll just tell you a little bit that, I mean, this comes up in the, in the podcast uh, where I interview him, but... I don't know if other people were surprised, but I was surprised to learn that he didn't write most of the music for Vibribbon. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, he, he, it was primarily a band that he, like, produced or whatever, but, um, but he was telling me that he spent a really long time working on the tutorial. So he did the music for the tutorial of okay. Vibribbon. Okay. Because that's the part that, like, it tells you how to play, it gives you the vibe, it shows everything that happens, it has to have like a certain exact timing and stuff. So, the, I don't know, it's, 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 it's an interesting project. Um, another quick one I'll, I'll mention is uh, Alnam no Tsubasa. Oh yeah. So, Alnam no Tsubasa is the sequel to Alnam no Kiba, which okay. is on the PC Engine and is a RPG that I enjoy. It's one of the later releases from Bright Stuff before they disappeared into right the ether. Stuff. And um, it's just just such a weird game and they tried to move to the PlayStation and it, it's got like a field of view of like two inches. Oh. Uh, it, but it, it's got a really interesting look. Like they tried to do they sort of tried to do side scrolling and vertical scrolling simultaneously and it is 3D but like you can't see into the horizon at all. You can really only uh. see in other directions. It's, it's, How strange. It's a weird one. Okay. I have not played this. I need to check this out. Well... Just to see what it's about. Yeah, just, just look at it, I guess. You don't need to actually play it. Alright. So, another one I picked up is a very strange sort of racing game. 
and I specifically selected it because the the title has always baffled me. And I believe this. Uh, can you confirm this? It's it's Dressvelger. Yes, I have this as well. And uh, I it always love so slowly. And I love the uh, the. Katakana version here, where it's like fres verga. Yeah, oh, I, you see that on the on the spine, like your brain is like trying it, to comprehend, like what does this mean? It, it's it shuts my brain down every time when I look at that, and then when I look at the 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 Roman characters, I'm even more confused. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it it's the Roman characters are H R E S V E L G R. I love this. So. It's, it's one of those games that kind of stuck in my brain for years because of the title. Alone. Yeah, yeah. And when you see it for, what, 528 yen, I'm just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I tossed it in the basket, and here it is. And it has a nice cover. Sometimes you, you just have to absorb a title like that. But this is exactly what I'm talking about, about what I shouldn't buy anymore. <laughs> okay, so I'm very guilty of this. Speaking of those kinds of things... Oh. This, this is Afterburn- Afterburner 3 on the Sega CD. So Afterburner 3... Basically, only exists on the Sega CD um, yeah. because it's a port of the sequel to G Lock, I think. That's right. And uh, they just rebranded it after Burner Three. They and called they, it after Burner Three. They didn't bring it to the U.S. And uh, I don't think it's very good, but no. uh, you know, some you I did it. I like the Sega CD. I it's, love it it's too. It's really it's and and the the thing that made me convince myself, okay, you can buy this, is that uh, it, it's using the the super scaling effects that the uh, that the Sega CD was actually quite good at. That's true, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the core design games as well. They did a good job at that. Oh, absolutely. They did the best job at that. Okay, next one. Yeah. This is one I actually haven't played yet, but I've been fascinated by it. And I think it's very going to be very strange, but the soundtrack sold me on it. Okay. It's Heavy Metal Thunder. <laughs> heavy Metal Thunder, yeah. Yes. So I keep forgetting if that is based on a, an anime or another something. I think it... It might I be. I think it is, it but I can't be. remember. I know it's at least somehow cross-media. And, uh, yeah, you know, the, it, it's also one of those ones that I see in the store, and I'm like, wow, oh, I should probably buy this. But isn't it like a... It's like a menu-based, like, weird wrestling fighting game with yeah. a lot of story stuff in it. Very, it looks very weird. It's menu-based, and I think it's, like, no free movement. Uh, it's right. very, very on rails in a weird way. But, like, looking at it in motion, just based on what I've seen, and the soundtrack alone, it's kind of got that hype thing going for it, where mm-hmm. you just, like, what they're showing just looks cool. Yeah. And your brain is just like, I enjoy watching this. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need to be... Like, this is a case of a game that's probably not very good, mm-hmm. engaging from a gameplay perspective, but it just looks nice. And it sounds good. So it's like an ear massage, and I, you know, it's, it's, it's great. So <laughs> yes. that's, it was cheap enough where I was like, you know what, today's the day. I'm gonna I support it. it. I support it. Hi. Hi. We just had our uh, Caesarea dishes taken away. Um, it is clean now. Okay, here's my next one. Oh. Zayram Zone. Okay, I didn't know this game existed until... I've never heard of this. ...until I saw it in the store. And so I have recently been watching the Zayram movies. So if you don't know, there are some, some tokusatsu movies about a character named Iria, who had her own anime as well later, who uh, keeps fighting this giant evil creature called Zayram who they find ways to bring back and 
my buddy a while ago when he, when he saw that I was getting all the Zeram stuff he was like oh and you can also play the really crappy Super Nintendo game and so I looked at the crappy Super Nintendo game and I was like oh it's too crappy I actually don't I, I don't <laughs> no, want too it's, much. it's like she uses all these cool weapons in the movies in the game she has like a crappy kick oh no and, and that's all um, so he neglected to mention the crappy PlayStation 1 game that I could uh-huh. get. And this crappy PlayStation 1 game... Well, actually, I don't even know if it's crappy. I don't know. You haven't played it yet. But it's a, it's a fighting game. 3D fighting game. And, oh, uh, it's going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be bad, but there's there's just... Um, had to do it. Had to do it. So I, I got it. And it has a nice cover. I like it. That's it been good. the partial theme of the evening, I think, is like, you had to do it. Yeah. You see it? It's going to happen. <laughs> That's right. All right, all right. We'll, we'll move on to the next one, then. Uh, and this one I actually saw for... A, I can't remember the exact price, but it was shockingly low compared to everything I'd seen. The normal price for this, it's Tempo for Check 32X. Check him out, you know. He keeps it funky. And oh, he's yeah. good to go. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> anyway. All right, so you're familiar with I'm the familiar Tempo. I'm familiar with Tempo. Uh, uh, I hear that he's in the house tonight. He is indeed. And this, Where is that a sight? It's the Super 32X version. Super 32X version, which means it's the Japanese version for the 32X. Oh, yeah, if people don't know Tempo, he's a... Uh, He's a completely failed mascot character from Sega. They made two games based on Tempo. <laughs> yeah, 32X and Game Gear. No, oh, they made three oh, games. Oh, three, three, yeah, because there's a Saturn one. There's a Saturn game, Super Tempo. Super Tempo, which is one that I have been looking for and have just never seen. I've never I've seen it. I've never seen it before. <laughs> I I have Tri-Rush Deppy, which is like the Me one too. I always associate with like being a similarly uncommon kind of thing. Yeah. But I see that a lot more often than Deppy, Super Tempo. I, I feel like Tri-Rush Deppy may have been somehow artificially inflated because... You see it all the time. Yeah. So, like, what's the it's deal with that? pretty common, yeah. Like, why yeah. is it so expensive? I don't know. I got it, like, 20 years ago in a lot, like, with a bunch of garbage. Nice. It was, like, it was just in there. I'm happy about that. So. Yeah, that's 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 the way to do it. Well, but, Temp- yeah, Tempo is a crazy platform game with, like, honestly gorgeous visuals for the time. Mm-hmm. It's a 32X game, of course, so... It's got some pretty cool-looking animation, nice colors, and yeah. it actually plays rather competently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say it's one of the better 32X games, and honestly, 32X as a whole, I think, is somewhat underrated. It's limited by its small library, yeah. but when you actually look at what came out for it, I think it's significantly better than something like, say, the Atari Jaguar, which it's I also love. I yes. love the Jag, but... Let's Don't worry, you're, ta- you're talking to the other person that loves the Jaguar. All right, uh, all right. But yeah, I totally agree, and I also like the um, the extra crunchy samples in the yes, music. So it's, it's, it's just good. like really uh, super destroyed. low bit rate, but it's just got a crunch. It mm-hmm. feels great. Yeah, it's really Fantastic. good. It's, it's like that. Uh, it's like that meme. What what's his name in American Psycho? Uh, oh right. You know that man who's yeah, a famous yeah. man. That man. Uh, where where he's 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 pointing at the at the stereo and going yep. ooh. And, uh, and and the meme is like FM synthesis fan uh, playing you the worst sound you've ever heard. Uh, every time I see that, I'm like, that's me. Like, yes. Whenever I'm yes. listening to like the the Sonic Spinball soundtrack, I'm like, here we go. Dude, I love the fact that somebody made the vinyl record version of Sonic Spinball because like I bought it. That, does it have the options menu song on it? You know it. Because best holy song moly, of all time. When you like that's my favorite thing. You put that on. It's just like wow. 
<laughs> it's a it's Amazing. a it's a sonic assault. Speaking of which, oh, did you know? I found this out very recently. Sega CD. Uh, there was a release of Cosmic Fantasy on oh, Sega CD. Yes. So Cosmic Fan- Fantasy so is one like and two, a, right? Ju- or was it just one? I, I thought it was just maybe it's one and two. I think it is one and two. Uh, Cosmic Fantasy is a mediocre. RPG from Neon Telnet, originally on the PC Engine, yep. and then they did a Sega CD port, and, and they added a new intro. And if you ever listen to the new intro, it sounds like absolute garbage. Oh. And they used the Sega CD sound chip. The Rico chip. Yeah, to, to, to make this, and it just sounds so awful. And I found out from somebody who was like decompiling it, that it was because I forget exactly what it was, but they, they, they used like the wrong protocol or something for, for compression. Okay. And if you look at the original source file, it sounds totally fine. So it's just an error. It's just an error. Dang. So there you go. Alright. That's a shame that never got uh patched. Yeah, they should have <laughs> patched that. Alright, here's my next one. Alright. Been looking for this for a while. Community Palm. Community Palm. Are you familiar? I mean, I'm familiar with Palm as parallax occlusion mapping, but I'm not <laughs> familiar in this sense. Well, let me uh, let me read to you what it what it's all about okay, according please. to the front of the 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 game. It says, "I'm growing them up a whole bunch." I decided to go on a long trip to find in quotes Palm. I'm gonna say so to Grandpa and go. Palm, a curious animal that we don't see much. I don't know where they are. I don't know what they eat. This very shy animal is Palm, but many people dislike them lately. Uh, Brandon, I think an idea for you would be to, for a new episode of Insert Credit, track down the man that wrote that. <laughs> that would be great. I want to know where this came from. Yeah, uh, so Community Palm, it's a really neat looking top down, kind of tilted view, maybe. Isometric? Uh, not isometric, but it's it's like three quarters. Okay, kind of. three quarters. Style. Um, uh, action RPG with nice big effects coming from Fill In Fill In Cafe of oh, yeah. Oscar 120 percent Mad Stalker, Stalker. etc. And it's just one of those games that. Wait, did uh, Kishi Onal do the music? I actually don't know, but I would hope so. I would hope so. I would hope so. Uh, so, you know, if it if I see fill-in cafe, I have to get it. And I'm with that's you. what I did. I will now have to search for this. Yeah. Thank you. And I happened to find it at a price that was uh, about half of the internet uh, what the internet price Yes, was, based so. on the price I'm seeing on your screen right now, uh, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is a spicy meatball. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's usually quite expensive because unfortunately when people know that it's good and it's an action game, it gets very expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that happens a lot. Yeah. All right. Another one here, and this this is something I just had to pick up because uh, I like big boxes, you know, PC big boxes. Oh, yeah. It's uh, E6, The Ark of Napishtim. Yeah. And this one is a very important game to me because uh, this, was, this was one of the first games that I really tried to play through in Japanese when I was first mm. studying this stuff, mm-hmm. and it was mostly incomprehensible at the time, but... The action. I mean, I knew E's from the old days, but at right. that point, I was only really familiar with the PC Engine E's, or yeah. sorry, the Turbo Graphics 16 version. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Edo. Yes, but 
this is the game that kind of pushed me to become a big fan of the series, actually. And he, this is not the best one, I would say, by any means, but it was sort of like the thing that kicked it off in my memory. Like, I remember that. I like this type of game. And it sent me down the road of picking up all the other Ease games. Nice. And, uh, but I never actually had this big box DVD version. And when you see it for, like, 1,500 yen... Yeah. You know, even though it's big and I'm thinking, mm, luggage space... It's Which is, like, three euro to you at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's, like, three euro. It's nothing. <laughs> but it was in pristine condition. They even came with, like, the pre-order box underneath it. And oh, nice. Like, the bonus stuff. Yeah. Uh, I had to have it. And I do actually have a vintage PC designed to play games like this in her original form so and I, I would love to play it again you know I'm I'm uh, I'm about to go down that route and the uh, the way yes. I, the way I'm going down it is I didn't get rid of my PC from college okay and so I'm That's gonna good route. so I'm gonna fix it and then it'll then that'll be it that's the way to do it, man. Yeah, Just yeah. install Japanese windows on there, and, like, you're full of goodness. There's so much tighter stuff on there as well. Yeah. Like, it's just yeah, awesome. Yeah, Windows 95, 98, is, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. So if you can do that, M2000, you're in business. Also, real quick, as a side note, I picked up the Switch port of Oath and Felgana. Nice. Uh, this was this is actually my favorite classic E-style game. Hmm. Uh, second favorite actually being E's for the Dawn of Ease and PC Engine. That's which a hot one. I really one. love. I love that game. Yeah. But this one, I have the Windows version and the PSP version already, and I've played it a lot, but I wanted to play it again. And the Switch version turns out it's really good. So if you're actually interested in this, you like ease, uh, 60 frames per second, native resolution on the screen, really sharp texture filtering. It's mm. like an excellent version of Ease Earth and Felgana, and I do recommend it. I wonder if Falcom did the port themselves. I think they mostly I do think, this these days, I right? I think they did, and I also think this one, I don't believe this has received a Western release either, so mm. it's Japanese only for now, as far as I know, Yeah. but if, you can, if you're okay with reading through Japanese games and you like Ease, and anybody that likes Ease probably can do that anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> do check it out. Nice. All right, here's my next one. All right, all right. Yes. Oh, my God. Demolition Man on the 3DO. Dude, so, this game. This game is stupid. Um, it's so stupid. Yeah, it's it's just, like, side-scrolling and no, into the screen. And it's into the screen. It's, like, driving stuff. Kind of, I there, think there's, there's like some side-scrolling parts, too, there's right? There's side-scrolling yeah. parts. There's fighting game parts. Yeah. It's all digitized actors. They tried to you do know, everything they could do. I believe they filmed new sequences. Yeah. Uh, but they're not... Well, no, they're awesome, actually. What am I saying here? <laughs> of course they're awesome. And so this did come out in the U.S., but... Of um, in long box. In, in long box, but, you know, I just don't want to collect long box stuff because it's, it's a pain in the butt, and so I, I bought the Japanese version That's because right. it's nice and compact, and uh, they're still going to be speaking English anyway. That's right. So, uh... And I thought it might be funny to what see What do they mean by SF action movie? Like, what is SF? Science fiction. Oh, science fiction action yeah. movie. Yeah. 3DO de Yo-Yo Tojo. That's right. Yeah. Finally it's on finally the... It's finally on the 3DO. <laughs> yeah. And I can't... I actually didn't realize they released a Japanese version of this game on 3DO. I'm a little bit curious as to why. Well, I mean, the... 3DO was reasonably successful here. Mm -hmm. But, like, Demolition Man... I don't know. I think it was just they needed content. Maybe, uh, maybe like 
who who was it? Panasonic was giving out oh, money yeah, yeah, yeah. at that time. I don't know. Could be could be anything. But the, uh, the good news here is that apparently a disc is in A condition. Yeah, so it's pristine. So thank goodness for that. Okay, next okay, for next, you. next game. I've collected nearly everything that I really want on the Mega Drive, but I occasionally pick up a straggler, sometimes cheap, although there are a few very expensive ones I'd like that I don't have, like uh, Battlemania Daiginjo. Battlemania Daiginjo, which can't. of course uh, we will uh, never ever own. Nope. Well, I got this instead. It's, it's Crackdown. It's Crackdown. And this is a Sega arcade game. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, I just, it never clicked before, but I was playing this on my Mr. recently. Mm. And I realized that, you know what? This game's actually pretty good. Didn't and didn't that have the uh, the nice Luc- Luciferous uh, US version? Oh, it may have actually. Yeah, I, I believe the cover has Satan on it for the US version. Wonderful. It, it, it's very bizarre. That is that is. It's basically a top-down sort of action game with the screen sort of zoomed out. Yeah. So you kind of get this bird's-eye view of the action, but it's it's kind of like strategic action. I would describe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of the. A bunch of the screen is taken up by UI and stuff, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's actually what turned me off of it initially. Me too. Until I finally sat down to play it. This was also the year that I got really into Alien Syndrome from Sega. Nice, I've been playing the arcade version of that like crazy, and I can finally, after like months... I can one CC it now. Oh wow! It's hard, but it's it's there. Just I had such a great time learning it, and I was looking for another Sega game that I missed out on that was perhaps a little different. And Crackdown caught my interest. Nice. And here it is. Have you gotten deep into game Game Ground at all? Because that would oh, be a really that would be a really cool one. To I go love for. Game Ground. Yes, yeah. it, it's that is kind of a an each Sud- version is kind of Sudume game. I yeah, would say yeah, because when sure. you first play it, it feels slow and kind of it's not great. Slow and clunky, and it is slow it and clunky, is. but it's intentional. It's yes. There's a lot of fun to be had there, especially in multiplayer. And I love fi- I love finding the new characters and then being like, okay, this guy, I gotta keep this guy. But then I use him and then he dies. Oh, <laughs> man. That's good right. stuff. That's good stuff. So, yeah, yeah Crackdown. Crackdown. Uh, not the Xbox One. It's no. the original. Yeah. All right, what's next on your list? Next on mine, this will be also quick. This is... Uh, ah, Sokyu Gurentai. Sokyu Gurentai, which I have always owned on Saturn since time immemorial. Same. But the PlayStation version has another ship and an extra stage. What? Oh, so, no. Uh, oh, you, did, you just did the thing where you're like, you say the thing and you're like, now I have to get this too. That's right. And um, and it was put out by Major Wave, who was like a budget, budgety budget publisher of a bunch of heckin' nonsense. Um, uh, he got promoted, Mr. Wave got promoted to Major. That's right. All right. So uh, that's it. Sokyu Gurentai is great, and now there's one on PlayStation. And is it as good? Probably not, but it has two extra things. I need to check that, actually. One thing I know is that it's got an excellent uh, Sakimoto soundtrack. Absolutely. And which, that combined with the pseudo 3D backgrounds, it always felt like this weird, dark, twisted version of Radiant Silver Gun. There's some real 3D in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you go on buildings and stuff. Yeah, so it was it was, a, it was an STV game, so it, it makes sense Titan for it to... video. Yeah, so it makes sense for it to come to Saturn, but the PlayStation version... So I'm actually... That would actually be an interesting one for you to compare, because... Something coming from STV hardware to Saturn, I mean, to PlayStation, is unusual. I've been interested in doing some smaller DF Retro episodes again, because I've been spending all this time on these gigantic ones. Ah, uh, yeah. And uh, that, that might be a fun topic to go down. But anyway, next one. Okay, this is the one where I overpaid for sure. I get it. But this is a game 
I really like, and I wanted to actually own it for real. And it's uh, Soldier Blade. Soldier Blade for PC Engine. So Soldier Blade for PC Engine is great. I've also been looking for it, but I didn't buy it. And here's why. Here's where it's it's a little weird, and this is where the the, the kind of um, the brain virus comes in. Go for it. I have owned Soldier Blade since I was. 16, okay. 15 or 16, cue card only. Oh. And so because I've always owned it and it's logged in my brain as you own this, I never bought like the full package. By the time I was like, you know what, I should have this, then it was $300 or whatever. Yeah, that went up real fast. It really went up. It, even just, so, I don't know, five years ago it was like... Fifty bucks, or more reasonable. Yeah. yeah, it just went flying it's upwards. It's such a good game. It's so good. The music is among the best on PC Engine, and that's saying something. It's really good. The visuals on the their hue card. Yeah. So the 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 hue card visuals are also some of some of the best. Like it runs at oh blazing God. speed. It has all this really expert color usage and uh, like the clouds being rendered they're all huge it's just like when you see this really game impressive. you would never guess that the PC engine was like a little 8-bit system little 8-bit bro because it's an absolute powerhouse I think this looks this looks and runs better than pretty much every shooter that I can think of on like Super NES for sure uh, and it sounds better too it's just awesome yeah it rolls and your story is interesting because my good friend Thomas uh, also has I believe a Japanese Hue card version paired with an American version manual in a fake back case <laughs> right. and because of that he's always been in this situation of like well I want the whole thing but like you know what like what is it so it's yeah it seems somehow people ended up with weird versions of Soldier Blade it's funny when you cobble things together like <laughs> sometime recently not that this game is impressive but I I have impossible Q oh card only on the Turbo Graphics. Not a good game, but um, but I hope I only had the Q card, and then I was like, I was at a game store, and they had a Turbo Graphics game in the wrong box. They they had like some other game in an impossible box with no okay uh, manual. So I was like, can I just buy that box from you? Okay. <laughs> and they just gave it to me. So uh, so now I have impossible with box, no manual. And so I'm, I'm working my way up. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, all my right, turn. Go for it. Let's go back to the PC Engine. Oh my god, it's Double Dragon 2 The Revenge for the, PC Engine. Yeah, so I finally got Double Dragon 2 The Revenge. This was actually what sent me out to that Fukiyage place. Yeah. Uh, because, so Surugaya has... If you're looking for something on their website, they'll tell you if they also have it at a store. Ah, and, yes. And so I, I clicked on this, and and I found Double Dragon 2 for 1,500 yen, oh, sorry, 15,000 yen, which was cheaper than in every store in Akiba. But then when I went to the actual store, it was 12,800 yen. Dude. It was less. Uh, than advertised on the website. So, but yeah, I found out about the store because I clicked on it and and they were like, it's at this store. Uh, it's like, oh man, it's far, but I can get there. But the reason I bought it is because of the soundtrack. Yeah, the so soundtrack is fantastic. If you've never listened to the Double Dragon 2 The Revenge soundtrack for the PC Engine, please do. I think I've mentioned it about 15 times on this show. But uh, very scream heavy, 
um, a lot of weird samples. It's just like somebody was having a fun time. They discovered samples. Oh, sample. Yeah. yeah. D- D- CD music was such a... Red Book audio was such a weird time for yeah. this stuff. People were figuring out what to do. I love... Uh, have you played Ane Song on the PC engine? Oh, yeah. With its crazy rockabilly oh, soundtrack? Oh, it's dumb rockabilly. Yeah. That is, that's something else. Well, they, they did that for uh, PC Dungeon as that's well right. on the uh, on the CD version. Which is kind of a step down from the Hue Card version, I would say. It is. Uh, I, don't, I don't like it as much. And in fact, I don't own it because oh, of that. Yeah, same. Yeah. I only have the Hue Card version. I only version. have the Hue Card version. I will say, though, I noticed they are advertising that's a two-player game on, right on the cover. Yep. And I'm wondering if that's a reaction to the fact that the original Famicom NES game, or was it just NES, was one player only? And yeah. then it's like, hey, you can actually play this with two people. Although the PC engine only has one controller port, so get a multi-tap out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give us more money. Okay, <laughs> your turn. All right, all right, next one. Your uh, selection of Soku Garantai actually kind of ins- inspires this. It's... Uh, Thunder Force 5 for PlayStation. Perfect system. So the so this is a case of the Saturn version. It's better. It yeah. was made for Saturn. Yeah. The visuals are better on Saturn. It's, yeah. It's the way to play it. But uh, this was reasonably priced, and I'm fascinated by this conversion. Mm-hmm. And it's also the number one shooting. So I had <laughs> yeah, to, I had to have it. Yeah, it says on the movie. The number one shooting. <laughs> but... Uh, this is a game I wouldn't mind comparing at some point against Saturn. Yeah, I think I'd be interested to it's see It's one that. of those games that makes really interesting use of VDP2 on Saturn to make these cool multi-layer backgrounds. Right. So I had to basically find a completely different way to do it on PlayStation. And they didn't quite. No, they didn't in quite. Some, in it. some arenas, they didn't quite get it. No, uh, but still. But it's neat, and it, uh, and it has that first stage music, which uh, you just can't beat. Can't beat stage one music. Honestly, the music in... Thunder Force 5 in general is just phenomenal. And everything that the composer did at that time was great. Hyperduel sounds great. Hyperduel sounds, sounds great. Last Wind sounds great. Last Wind sounds great. All those games, man. Uh, I actually own both of those. I only have Hyperduel, not Last Wind. Well, luckily, Hyperduel is the, still the more expensive That's of true. the two. So, I uh, will get Last Wind at some point uh, if I get lucky. Maybe yeah. if we go out to that shop, we'll find it. But it wasn't there, was it? It wasn't there. Uh, Sorry. All right, well, what's your next one then? It is. Oh, Kudohyo 2. It's the uh, side story for PSP, the sequel. Yeah, so it's the second uh, Ryuga Gotoku Yakuza for PSP. Um, The first one. These are cool. Was interesting. The second one is interesting. They do. uh, The first one. I forget if it was the first or the second one. One of them does a thing where they have pre-rendered backgrounds until you get into the action. The battles, Until yes. you get into the battles. And I think the other one is full 3D, but I, I can't I think remember. the original might be the pre-rendered one, but I, it's been a long time yeah, since I've played them. I, it but, might also go the other... Oh, I've, I've been trying to think of any other games, and maybe it's this, where the first one was full 3D and the second one was pre-rendered, aside from Dino Crisis. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Because uh, Dino Crisis did it, and I was like, did anyone ever do this, ever? No. anyone uh, else do this? But it feels from, like... From 3D to 2D? Yeah. No. I mean, the inverse, obviously. Yeah, of course. But that... I, yeah, let's keep racking our brains. i got to think about that one. All right. That's a trouble... That's, that's, a, that's a tricky one. <laughs> I have to do a little sidebar, because I, I think it's great, but... Uh, Square released this game back in the day. Oh, yeah. 
the 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 o, o story. Yeah, so uh, in Nordic languages, you pronounce this character as like Ugh. Ugh. So and so they decided it, that like if, means love. If you're in Norway or Sweden or something, you yes. would read that as Ugh story. Ugh story. Which uh, I've always found humorous. Yes. And you know, but even at what is it here? It's like so. Oh, oh yeah, we should describe that it's it's a it's a basically a zero with a diagonal line. Yes. It, Although it right apparently means love story. Apparently means. Love. I don't. That's what the character says. Yeah. But actually, I do have an, another game on the list. As I scroll up, here it is. Uh, why not? It's if I can zoom in here. It's Kunoichi. The sequel to Shinobi. Kunoichi. So you don't have the uh, the U.S. version? No, I don't. Do, I don't. You don't. I have the U.S. version of the original Shinobi. Right. That was done by Overworks. Yeah. Uh, but I never picked up the sequel, and I saw it there for... 400 yen. Four, was it, yeah, 400 yen. Yeah. I was, and Thomas it's Sega actually, WoW. My friend Thomas actually pulled it off the shelf, and he holds it up to my face, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I will take this. And, and I the, did take it. The, the, the tech for the... Um, the cape. The, the cape. Or the, the cape headdress scarf thing. thingy. The scarf thing. It's very impressive. That looked really cool. Like the, the visuals aren't necessarily amazing, but it's got this really fluid, like interesting look. It's got it. a style. It feels cool to play it. Yeah. You feel cool when you play it. Yeah. So, if you do it right. I'm eager to actually give this one a shot because this is the one I've not played. Although I don't expect it to be as good as uh, Bujingai with uh, Gact. Yeah. I freaking love that game. No, you can't can't beat Bujingai. I I forced it into our top five of the uh, top twenty PS2 games of all time. <laughs> that. Wow, I, I salute you, sir, because that is, uh, I still think Bujingai has one of the best introductions ever, like, where it's just, like, just logo, logo, and you're just playing. Yeah. And you just get this, like, drum beat in the background, mm-hmm. you're just, like, going along, and, and then Yeah, it's like, guess what, you can run on the walls, guess what, you can knock down all these neon like, signs what is that going you on, see. what is yeah. going on, and then they show you what you just did from the cinematic angles, and, right. like, the, mu- the Zuntado music kicks in, yeah. it's got all the credits, you're, like, you're playing as gacked, mm-hmm. you've got, like, all, like, all, it's just... Yeah, yeah, it, give, it gives you, like, the Ridge Racer replay, yes. uh, it's, Taito version. It's so that, it's so freaking good, man, I gave... But anyway, yeah. what's your next game? My next game is the uh, sequel oh. to Biomotor Unitron on the P- uh, the, the Neo Geo Pocket That's Color. Right. And I kept forgetting that there was a sequel. I and, also forgot this. And as such, I never bought it until now. And now I have. And Biomotor Unitron was their one of their attempts at doing a Pokemon-ish thing. Yeah. And... Uh, and this one with robots. with robots, and you you collect different pieces, and you put them together, and you fight them, and, and you know, and it's got a really nice cover. So I just uh, I got it, and uh, I I don't know if this was Yumekobo's last game or one of their last games, but I, I saw the logo up there, and I'm like, man, I haven't seen that for a while. Yeah. It feels like they've been gone. That, yeah, well, Yumekobo basically lived and died on the Neo Geo Pocket. And, yeah, yeah, and, and it's so such that a shame. Was, yeah, it is. Uh, oh man, I love the Neo Geo Pocket. Me too. It's my friend. It's such a great little machine. I'm not boy, as it says. Uh, <laughs> you got any more? Of course I do. Let's see him. All right, let's just go through them in order now. For what's left? First up is Silent Line Armored Core Three. Nice. Which somehow I didn't have. I like Armored Core. Yeah. But I never actually picked up Armored Core Three, and I feel like that was a mistake. It's got a, it has a real one of the nicer covers, I would say. Yeah, it's very stylish looking. Uh, yeah, one I, one big robot with one big eyeball. I know this is going to be more classic Armored Core, but I recently got back. I got into Armored Core Six, and I'm like, you know what? I actually love Armored Core. So I wanted to play this. Mm-hmm. So I have that now. 
Do you have any more in yours? Oh, I got plenty more. All right, bring it. But we shouldn't go too long. I no. don't know. We, we let's could let's start rattling through here. Pe pe people love it, so uh, we, we, we can take as long as we want, I think. Um, Royal Stone on the on the Game Gear. I so. First of all, box Game Gear games are my jam. Yeah. They are so awesome. They're very good. Uh, so this one was a little pricey, but I had to go for it because Royal Stone is quite simply one of the best-looking games on the system. They, oh, wow. Because the... The Game Gear has a higher color palette than the Master System. Than the Master System, and is it higher than the Genesis? Oh no, it, it can do, display more colors simultaneously than the Genesis. Yes, uh, I, think, I believe. Wait, actually, Am no. I what I think it is is that it has more possible colors. Okay, that's. But it is. can't display more of them at once. Okay, okay. I think it might be thirty-two colors simultaneously. It's sixty-four for Genesis, but I'm just saying that from memory. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's something like that. Oh, actually, we do have to leave soon because they're turning off the lights because they close at 10, and it is now 10.15. Um, oh. So, anyway, Railstone looks great. Let me rattle through a few more, then. Yeah, okay. Super Monkey Ball Deluxe for PS2. Nice. It was 500 yen. It sucks, but I wanted it. Saber Marionette Jade Battle Sabers. It's a... 3D fighting game with uh, Saber Marionette characters. Word, it's terrible. I got Jumping Flash 2. It comes with Jumping Flash 1. Oh, that's great. Why not? Uh, Chase the Express demo version. Exciting. Uh, uh, and uh, Azumanga Dayo Mahjong. Why not? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, they're selling. Yeah, they're... Whoops. You know, well, we could still stay a little yeah, longer. Yeah, they were talking about Last good. Order, so we're okay. Uh, Seventh Dragon 2020 for PSP. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Thomas again recommended this to me. I don't know anything about it yet, but I'm going to try it. It's it's a. Uh, I like PSP. You know, um, Ryoko Kodama did direct it, so uh -huh. uh, so you're you're in good shape. I All right. Shot. I got um, this uh, Hurricaneer Sentai fighting game because oh. I, I saw some video about how there's like a a hamster mode. Or okay, something, sold. so I just had to do it. Why not? Okay, I got Blue Dragon for Xbox 360. Nice. I already own Blue Dragon, but this was 100 yen, and the cover is beautiful and shiny. There you go. That's all it takes. Uh, I got The Cameraman. The which, Cameraman, which yes. Which is that series where you, uh, you, you, you control a guy, and you, you actually control him and walk around, but you also separately control his camera, and you're trying to take pictures of, like, funny things that are happening. Wait, is this like uh, that PC Engine game? It is like that PC Engine okay. game. Uh, it, is the, it is the sequel to that PC Engine game, and I can never remember what it's called, but this one's called not, The wait, Cameraman. It's not Toilet Kids, is it? No. It's not Toilet Kids. No, not Toilet Kids. No. <laughs> Why did I think that? Uh, I, I, for, I forget the name of the PC Engine. I think it had a sequel on PS2, maybe. Yeah, it may It did. Have. I think it yeah. did. So, anyway. That's All right, that. next one is Motor GP2 from Namco. I like MotoGP, but this is really to fill a hole because I have MotoGP one and MotoGP three. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you I didn't have two, and it was 170 yen. Um, okay, say so no. I got Lon London Seire Tante Dan. So this is an absolutely gorgeous 2D Whoa, uh, look at that. adventure RPG ish thing, and it just looks so good. It seems to be isometric. It's isometric. The British people will love it. It's got all kinds of uh, blooming effects and yeah, things. Yeah, look at so, that. You know, you just gotta, you gotta, gotta get it. Uh, I saw. I have Street Fighter 3 Third Strike for PlayStation 2. I don't even know why. I just like Third Strike, and I was like, I don't have this on PS2. I may as well get it on PS2. There you go. So I did. Um, I got Tokyo Insect Zoo, which if you've never seen any of the videos for it, please watch it. It's it's 
It's I've never heard of this. Indescribable. Well, uh, so like a child gets brought into the world of insects, and then I believe. Uh, oh my god! What, like growing old and getting married to an insect there, or something like that. There's just some weird, some super weird nonsense this, that goes this on. This is what I love about the PlayStation era. Yeah, it, it's just like, who knows? Who knows? Truly, who knows? All right. Next up is I got uh, Volume Eleven of the Sega Ages Twenty Five Hundred, which is Hokuto no Ken. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not very good, but. I'm also collecting those games, and I have a lot of them, most of them. I mean, it's a, it's a remake of the Mega Drive game uh, that came out in the West as Last Battle. Yeah. Uh, which isn't it's, good. No. But I played it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> because I, it was available. It's more just like a library thing, and these early Sega Ages titles were not the best, but they no. are interesting. Um, I got a Bala Burn for PS1, which is a. Obama Burn? Abala Burn. It is a, uh, it's a Takata fighting slash third person action game, and it mentions at the top, made by some of the staff that touched the original Toshinden series, <laughs> and oh here's gosh. an original action game for So wait, them. what is this called again? It's called Abala Burn. Abala... I'm actually going to have to write this one down, because, like, uh... I have there is in the works a Toshinden episode of DF Retro oh, well, there you go. Toshinden, and that yeah. needs to be in there. Yep. Well, get it now because the price is going up on this one. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I've been noticing the price on the rise. Quickly, Jeez. I got Cyber Egg, which is a um, PlayStation vir- uh, virtual on like with okay. egg shaped robots, and then I have Epica Stellar. Oh, Epica. Oh, Epica. Wait, Epica Stella. Yeah, Epica Stella, right. Epica Stella is a... Um, I know that name. It is a... Basically, as far as I can tell, from it's human, it is a... Strategy RPG? It's a strategy RPG. Is this the RPG. one that was called Vanguard Bandits in America? Oh, was it Vanguard Bandits? I think it was brought over by Working Designs. Because it's a... Uh, Maybe. I, I bought it for super cheap just because it looked... Like such a uh, Shining Force three attempt yeah. on the PS one. Also, Human Entertainment is awesome. They made Human's great. Barry Arm on Mega CD, which is amazing. Everyone so, loves Barry Arm, uh, uh, aka aka what? what Robo? It? No, it's not Robo Lester. It's not Robo Lester, uh, but it's, it's Robo it's, something. Jeez, I forget the name. Yeah, see, we can't even remember the American version. It's something. Yeah, I have the American version. I can't. Android Assault. It's Android Assault. Android Assault. Yeah, that's the robot I was thinking of. Um, I'm out of games. Yeah, I guess to end it, I'll just show one of my last ones here. All right, pull it out of the stack. Okay. Oh, okay. This is a promo item for Space Channel Five. Okay. And it's it has the Dreamcast logo on the back. It looks beautiful. And I think it's just a couple of songs. I haven't actually opened it up to look inside. But it's got a big Ulala face. It's got that Y2K graphicisms. And, you know, uh, my friend Yumiko Miyabe worked on this game. So I just kind of felt like I had to, had to get it. And also it says left in big letters. Left! Yeah, um, with an exclamation point at the end. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to stop. I think so, too. It was a lot of fun. That was fun. We closed down Caesarea. It's nice to be able to talk about these games with someone who isn't like, what's that? No. Um, yes. Because 
Uh, that's not a commentary about anybody in particular. That is just the general daily life of uh, thinking about this kind of stuff all the time, and nobody else is thinking about this kind exactly. of stuff all the time. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's been fun. It's nice to... Thanks uh, for having me. It is a rare thing to be able to just, like, show an incredibly obscure game and then be able to riff on it with nobody researching. <laughs> yes, there was no research happening today. <laughs> no research whatsoever, which could have hurt us a little bit in certain points, but yes. uh, anyway. Thanks, good fun. Thanks for this. It's been fun. I've been Brandon Sheffield. I have been John Linneman. And uh, maybe this is going to be its own podcast. Who knows? Bye forever. Welcome back to me. This is the last insert credit guidance I have planned for a while, so I'd love to hear what you thought of this experiment. Let me know on forums.insertcredit.com or some other way if you can manage to find it. We've also got one more treat for you. With it being the holiday season, I've gotten permission from Kurt Feldman to use one of his Christmas tracks in its entirety. For those who don't know, Kurt has a band called The Ice Choir, and back in 2014, he released a two-sided single called Pure Holiday, with all the proceeds going to Coalition for the Homeless. So to keep up with the holiday festivities, here's It's Different Now by the Ice Choir. Have a good holiday or solstice or just a nice time hanging out in your room by yourself, even if you're a Grinch like me. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll see you next year.
Insert Credit Guy Den is a production of Insert Credit. This episode featured Brandon Sheffield and John Linneman, an intro by Alex Jaffe, and the track It's Different Now by Ice Choir off the album Pure Holiday, edited by me, Esper Quinn, with original music by Kurt Feldman. Thanks for listening, and happy holidays. Happy holidays.